you don't think it can happen to you. To the hit-and-run chase in California, a motorcycle rider witnessing a driver slam into several cars and then speeding away. It can happen to you within seconds, a blink of an eye. ...tonight about the man suspected of killing a woman in a hit-and-run and his plan to evade justice. When you take your eyes off the road for just seconds, when you're driving your car, oh, yes, it can happen to you. See, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. When the sands of time will run out within your hourglass. New at 10, a hit and run caught on video. And now a teenager and his family are looking for the driver who took off. He was a victim of a distracted driver hitting the road while riding his motorcycle going 65 miles per hour. He nearly lost his life. Now on a crusade to help save lives and prevent someone else from becoming a victim, the creator of DistractedDriversBusted.com and now the host of this podcast is Howard Drescher. All right, welcome. Welcome to another show of DistractedDriversBusted.com, the podcast show. I am your host, Howard Drescher, the creator of DistractedDriversBusted.com, and of course now this podcast show. You can follow me on Twitter at DistractedDBTV, at DistractedDBTV, and of course on Facebook, it's DistractedDB. And today I have a very special guest, an author of Talk Crash to Me, Dawn McKay. She's a victim, survivor, and now an author. And of course today is the first episode of a four-part series. We're talking about the do's and don'ts of surviving a crash. Coming up in just minutes, it's going to be my special guest right here on this very show. You're listening to the DistractedDrivers.com podcast. We'll be right back. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Now, back to the DistractedDrivers.com podcast. All right, welcome back to DistractedDriversBusted.com, the podcast show. Again, I am your host, Howard Drescher, the creator of DistractedDriversBusted.com, and of course, now this podcast show. Okay, so I have talked about this for many, many months. And of course, you know, our timelines, sometimes they just don't match, they don't hit Several different things that came up in my life and a couple of things within my own guest. Things happened. We never connected. But finally, I have my guest, Dawn McKay. Now, she was on my show the last time in October 16, 2018. She has done many, many things since I've had her on the show. She's built a website, a different website name. We're going to get to that in just a little bit. But the most impressive thing that I've think of is she wrote a book and the title of it is Talk Crash to Me. And I've read the book and there's several things in the book that you should do and not do 
some of the things that I know that I've done and some of the things I go, what? I never even thought of that. Welcome to the show, Dawn. How's everything? Hi, Howard. Thanks very much. I'm doing quite well. And yourself? I'm doing a lot better now. A lot better now. I know, like I said, we've been trying to get in touch probably about a year on and off and finally yes. we connect. Yes, I'm very excited to be back on your show. I can't thank you enough for uh, allowing me this time to uh, reconnect and, and um, you know, talk about my new website and the, and the book that I wrote. So I do appreciate you taking the time, Howard. Oh, uh, no worries. I appreciate you being here. And uh, I, I read the book. Now, I can honestly tell you this. There are things in this book that, quite honestly to me, I have done after my crash. Some things I didn't do, and some things I, I mean, I knew certain things to do, but when you're in the, in the moment, if you will, you kind of forget everything. So, right. So let's first start off with, and as I mentioned, you were on the show back in 2018, and that's when I first met you, uh, and we, we've done uh, the show then, and I know I got a lot of response from that, because there was a lot of people that go, oh my gosh. What she went through was so horrific. Can you recap just a little bit of the show and let people know what is going on? Oh, sure. Um, so I'm a survivor of a horrific motor vehicle crash that took place in 2012. Um, I was on my way to work at a full stop waiting to make a left-hand turn when I was rear-ended excuse me, at a high rate of speed and pushed into the path of the transport truck. Um, it was a horrific crash scene that left me with multiple injuries, including a horrific seatbelt wound and a traumatic brain injury. Uh, emergency services were on site very quickly and transported me to a local hospital, uh, where I was then transported to a trauma hospital, where I spent three days receiving 24-hour care. Uh, my, car my crash was caused by a distracted driver that has changed my life forever. So back in 2018... Um, when you're kind enough to have me on your show, I was just starting out trying to get the word out to other crash survivors because um, it's really important for me as a survivor um, to bring as much awareness to other survivors that they are not alone um, when they're recovering from a motor vehicle crash because I felt very alone as I recovered. And uh, I started to, you know, reach out to see if there was any other kind of support out there for motor vehicle crash survivors because, you know, you're, it's quite a struggle and a challenge when you're in a, in a, a crash. You know, it's not just physical, it's mentally, it's financially, it's emotional. Um, it's extremely life-changing. You know, all of a sudden, you know, one day you're, happy and on your way to work and very stable with a full-time job. And uh, within a few seconds, you know, your life can change instantly. So on the path to recovery, I think a lot of people might think just the physical aspect of it, that there's just so much more to it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And with that said, at what point in time did you decide to sit down and actually write the book? Well, uh, at the beginning, see, now we're in Canada, and of course, you know, we've been through the pandemic all across the world, and I just, I never thought I would write a book, um, to be quite honest with you. I started off hmm. um, looking for support. I couldn't find it. I created an online support group for, for uh, crash survivors, 
um, on Facebook that uh, anybody can join. Uh, it's the Crash Support Network group. And uh, from there, I, it transpired into a quarterly news- newsletter. Uh, I became a crash survivor blogger, so I blog about my own personal experiences. And then I put it all together, and I created a wonderful website, mm-hmm. crashsupportnetwork.com. So as, the, the, as we went into, I'm not sure if it was the first or the second lockdown, um, I kind of just sat and thought to myself, I think I, I might write a book. Right. Um, and I think uh, it would be very useful to uh, crash survivors. And I want to write a book that um, I would, would have wanted someone to hand to me as I started my recovery. So it was a great distraction for me because of the, the stressful situation that the world found ourselves in. And I sat down and, and started to put everything together, and um, I self-published my book, Talk Crash to Me, I believe was March of this year. And um, so it's, it's basically what to expect after surviving a motor vehicle collision and how to manage your recovery. So I kind of put it, I, I mentioned quite a few uh, personal experiences and what, what I went through personally, what you should or shouldn't do. And again, it, it's a book that I would want every crash survivor to have as they start their recovery. And the reviews I'm getting are quite remarkable. Um, a lot of people have can't thank me enough. They, they have told me it feels like a giant hug that they needed as they're in recovery. Um, a lot of people mentioned that uh, they wish they had known about the book sooner, but they're glad that they've read it now. So it, it's becoming quite, um, quite successful in a way that I wasn't sure, of course. You know, when you, when you write a book, I've never written a book, I wasn't sure how it would take off. But, it, you know, I put my heart into it. And I thought, you know, if I could even help two or three crash survivors by, by allowing them to read Talk Crash to me, um, you know, a crash survivor's perspective, then, then it will be so worth it. So um, my book is available uh, on Amazon. And like I say, it, it, it's been quite successful so far. So I, I'm still trying to, of course, get the word out um, as much as I can to uh, let crash survivors know that the, there is the, there is this book talk crash to me that will help them tremendously to get through the the first terrifying challenging part of their recovery mm-hmm. mm, i gotta tell you though uh, don uh you know I, I when i started sitting down and reading the book and i kept going through it i instantly instantly went through my head my whole entire crash my whole scenario that i had from my recovery and I'm doing, yes, no, I didn't do this. Yes, I did this. Well, I never thought of this. And to me, I think it's a great book. And yes, it would have been fantastic to have a book like this after my crash. But you yeah. you actually came through and you did your research and, and your own investigations as far as what you think that should have happened. Things that really helped. A lot of people. I know it helped me, even though after I've had my crash a while ago, and yet I still go, oh, wow, I should have done this and I didn't do it. But I do have this book in my car all the time now. So in case oh. something happens, I can go, wait a minute, and we're going to get into some of these examples, or at least I got to ask you, how long did it take you to to do the whole thing? 
the book? Um, yeah, I would say I, I probably worked on it um, steadily, uh, close to eight or nine months. Wow. Um, and then, of course, you know, I had to. I self-taught myself. I was going to go with a publisher, and then I started doing some research, and I decided to go um, just to self-publish it myself because Amazon makes it rather quite easy um, for people to write their own books nowadays. So I decided to go the uh, self-publishing uh, route. So, yeah, I would say close to nine months to put it all together. You know, I, I, I uh, worked with a graphic designer. I also um, involved um, an Ontario law firm to get a legal perspective. Um, so I, I was uh, including him as well. We were working on it together um, to uh, put the put the book together. So, yeah, I would say probably nine months. Mm-hmm. All right, that's awesome. Okay, my special guest today is Dawn McKay, and she wrote this book, and we're going to dive into the chapters right now. And the book is called Talk Crash to Me. And Dawn, looking at this, you, in the beginning, in the chapter, it talks about you want you or your family member has to seek legal representation immediately. Now, in your mind, why would this be so important? Oh, my goodness. Well, um, I think a lot of people that are involved in a motor vehicle crash um, tend to prioritize the most important thing that would be on their mind at at that particular time, because a lot of these crashes can be life-changing. So, of course, you're, you're thinking about your job. You know, the first thing I thought of when I was in my motor vehicle crash was, is has somebody contacted my employer to let them know I can't make it in today? Because mm-hmm. um, it's just human instinct. I think we all think the same way. Or if you've got a family or kids or daycare or you have kids in your vehicle, uh, you know, if you have to contact your spouse or uh, in-laws, etc. Um, so there's a process that I think in human nature, the very first thing, you know, that comes to mind is, oh, my goodness, my car, i got to get my car fixed, i got to call my employer, etc. And a lot of people don't realize, I think, that, uh, you know, the first thing that anybody should be doing when they're in a motor vehicle crash is, of course, to seek medical attention as soon as possible. And, uh, and your second step would be to speak to an attorney that specializes in personal injury law. And it's important to, because a lot, the, a vast majority of personal injury lawyers offer free consultations. Mm-hmm. So you're not having to put any money out. You could just call them to get a free consultation to say that, you know, that I was in a crash this morning. Uh, you know, I had to seek medical attention. You know, the, the police were called, et cetera just to find out if you have a claim going forward. So now, I'm in Ontario, Canada, so it would be different to the states when, when it comes to, mm-hmm. you know, motor vehicle claims, et cetera. But it's just so important. I, I can't stress it enough. There's timelines involved. There's deadlines involved dealing with personal injury law, um, whether a lawsuit, whether you're at fault or not, um, in a motor vehicle crash, you should still seek um, a, a consultation from a personal injury lawyer just to see where you stand, because a lot of people might be in a motor vehicle crash. They might go to the hospital to get checked out, and they might think they're okay. 
and they'll go home and they're you know uh, they're thinking about going back to work the next day they're not they're not allowing themselves a few days to see what you know if there's going to be any long-term effects from the crash itself um and i can't stress it enough that when you are in a motor vehicle crash you have to seek medical attention and you definitely have to speak to a personal injury lawyer i have i i can't tell you how many times um, survivors have reached out to me uh, privately within the online support group um, asking me what a personal injury lawyer is and why should I see a personal injury lawyer? What do they do? Mm. And you're talking that some of these survivors have had this, have, have been involved in a crash six or seven months ago. And I think, oh my gosh, you know, they've already talked to insurance or they thought they were going to be okay and now they're realizing, you know, the long-term effect that at first, they didn't realize that they had a back issue, and all of a sudden, now they find themselves that they can't work, that they're in chronic pain mm-hmm. because of a, of a back issue. So I can't stress it enough that it's just so important to see to see a, a personal injury lawyer. Mm-hmm. It's well worth it, even if they can guide you in the right direction, explain everything and, and let you know what steps take going forward mm-hmm. well i gotta tell you i agree because like i know like when i had my crash unfortunately it happened so fast and next thing i knew i was already in the ambulance and so i didn't get a chance to to meet the person that actually kind of that did this where i can try to get their information as well i wanted to get their right. license and all that and take photos but there was so many people there because it was on the freeway out here in California. All that stuff was kind of done for me, but it yeah. depends also on the severity. You have either you got to have time to go ahead and take photos, get the information, exchange information, insurance company, contact uh, an attorney like you indicated, get uh, and and have them handle the case. That way you can kind of focus on on the recovery. At least exactly. that's what exactly. it was for me. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. You're, if you're um, recovering, that should be your number one priority. And when you hire uh, a personal injury lawyer, they're going to look after everything for you as much as they possibly can. And your main focus should be your recovery. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, now here's something that I wanted to ask you about, because in, in, in the in a book, you talk a little bit about you, I guess you as a person talking to your colleagues or talking to the insurance company representative adds a lot more stress and it's a stressful situation for for you let your lawyers kind of handle it yes absolutely um like i like i just mentioned the, the, the top priority should be your recovery um you know it's human nature i went through it myself when i was in my motor vehicle crash i had a lot of uh electronic equipment that belonged to the business that I was currently mm-hmm. employed with. I was worried about their BlackBerry. I was worried about their laptop, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just human nature. You know, well, who's going to do my job? Who's going to check my emails? I have outstanding things that are on the go and projects, and your mind is just swimming and swimming and swimming. And, um, you know, you, ha- you have to make your recovery top priority. If you start speaking uh, to your employer or colleagues, um, and even maybe some friends, close friends, et cetera, you know, you're, it will add more undue stress. Um, mm. I, I, I found that I literally had to take a step back. There's just going to be so much going on. 
physically, mentally, you know, you're, you, I had to follow up with four or five different doctors at the trauma hospital. Like, I mean, it, it is extremely overwhelming. Um, so, uh, yeah, I would definitely stress, like you say, it, recovery is the top priority. And, and you know, at, adding, uh, you know, talking to your employer or insurance or uh, colleagues would just it would just add more stress because you you you're going to feel anxious because you want to get back and work. Mm. We all want to get back and work. We want our lives back where it was yesterday. But you know it, now because of uh, the motor vehicle crash, you can't get back to work. Mm. So if you're contacting colleagues from your place of employment, then you're just going to get more anxious because you want to be there. You know my my crash happened in the middle of November. You know, and of course, people are out Christmas shopping, and there's Christmas dinners, and you know, the my employer I worked for put on a beautiful, you know, we would she would uh, treat us to a beautiful dinner out the entire office, you know, and I'm, I was sitting on the couch going, you know, I want to be there, you, you know, but I, I just couldn't be there, and I, I had to walk away because I, I really had to just focus on me you know, and, and get better and get through the recovery. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's hard to do, too, because, like you said, human nature is let, get back to where you were the day before. Sure. And, you know, there's the financial struggle as well. You know, uh, again, Canadian versus states here, you know, um, I wasn't sure if I had short-term um, disability. How do I do that? Does the employer offer that? If they don't offer that, well, how am I going to get an income? How long, I go- how long am I going to be off of work? Am I going to lose my job? I had a follow-up appointment with the trauma surgeon that told me uh, you'll need a year off, a minimum, a year. You'll have to have a year off. And I was completely flabbergasted. And I thought, a year? What? Wow. What do you need a year? You know, and then, of course, you're, you're struggling, thinking, well, what's going to happen to my job? Or, you know, is someone else going to do my job? Are they going to hold my, you know? So there's, there's quite a, a challenge ahead of people uh, when, they're, when they're in a motor vehicle crash, you know, as you know. Mm-hmm. You know, you struggle, and it's a challenge, and you're overwhelmed. A lot of stuff goes on, sure. Exactly. We're talking crash, or talk crash to me, and we're talking with Don McKay. Uh, Don, uh, here's something that I found kind of interesting in the book that was, it, it made me think very, very deeply about what happened. You talk about you're not alone, you know, you're not alone as each and every one uh, of us as they kind of replay in a way you kind of replay the crash in your head you're not alone doing that everybody has done it that's the way I perceive that you're talking about but the thing that happened with me is every time I thought about the crash everything was in slow motion it just over and over again is that a part that that eventually would go away I know for me it, it did eventually but does everybody end up losing it you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Well, I can only speak um, through my own personal experience. Yeah, I call that the what if. Uh, you, mm-hmm. you try to put the pieces back together. You know, part of that is, you know, what if I had left 10 minutes sooner? What if I had left 10 minutes later? What if I had taken another route? Um, the day of my motor vehicle crash, I can only remember bits and pieces to this day. So it's been nine years ago, and mm. if you were to ask me, exactly what happened that day, I still will not be able to tell you because there's a lot of missing pieces. 
Hmm. So of course, you know, you go through the flashbacks and the and the nightmares, and because your mind wants to know exactly what went on that day, and you say slow motion. I'm not going to say mine was slow motion, but I went over it and over it. You know, I remember um, someone holding my hand waiting for an ambulance. I don't remember how they got me out of the vehicle. I remember getting to the first hospital. I don't remember getting to the trauma hospital. So there was a lot of it um, I had to learn, I guess, by what people were telling me, what the police were telling me and what the police had reported um, I could only go by what they were telling me. Mm. So um, personally, with my experience, oh my goodness, it must have gone on well over a year. But wow. it does get easier. It does get easier. But I would say a well over a year, I went through the what ifs and trying to put the pieces back together on that particular day. So it does get easier. So I'm, for my own perspective, it it, it does get e- easier. Um, you know, I think everybody, um, has their own way. Um, you know, it would have to be up to the, to the person, the, the survivor itself, I guess, that we're all different. So even though we're in a motor vehicle crash, every recovery is different, completely different. Mm. Um, so, you know, for me personally, yeah, it was well over a year before I started to notice a difference of, uh, slowly, gradually not focusing on that a hundred percent every day. Mm -hmm. Well, well, this kind of leads me into my next topic. There's two, two more things I want to talk about in today's show. And by the way, just to let you know that uh, Dawn is going to be with me uh, probably for three more episodes until we, we're not going to cover every little detail in the book. We're going to hit what we think are maybe some of the highlights of the book. And then you can get by the book and then read the whole entire thing to get a full-fledged understanding of everything that happens. But there's two more things I want to talk about. And one of them is is you talk about the things that only a survivor could tell you. Some mm-hmm. of the most comforting words. What are they? Oh, goodness. I think I mentioned yeah. probably about... Um yeah, you said about how uh, you're gonna you're gonna be okay with these kind of you you let the, another person that has been in a crash can actually sit down and talk to you and let you know you're gonna survive you're gonna be okay because I survived the crash too and with Absolutely. that so it's almost kind of like somebody who's been this experience before okay now I trust you what you're telling me if you survived it I can survive it exactly that. It, it's gonna it's gonna be really tough and it's gonna be a challenge and it's gonna be a real struggle um, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel so when I started recovering I would say four or five months into my recovery I just didn't think it would ever end hmm. it was constant uh, medical appointments it was dealing with uh, you know my personal injury lawyer it was, it was dealing with, uh, you know, my rehabilitation team that I had in place, which is extremely crucial as you recover, that you, you, need, you have to have a rehabilitation team in place as you recover because they're your number one um, cheerleader to make sure that, you know, they try their, their best, and that's what they're there for, to try to get you back to where you once were. Um, so I just, because I felt that personally about six months in that I just didn't think it would ever end, 
you know, tears in the middle of the day, having another appointment, not being able to sleep, the chronic pain, the financial stress. You know, um, nobody was really telling me, just hang in there. Hang, you're going to get through this, and, and you will make it. There's going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. And uh, unfortunately, you know, I, I felt uh, the need to, to mention that in Talk Crash to me because I think a lot of survivors out there um, feel extremely isolated, um, feel very alone, because I know personally I reached a certain point a few months in that I couldn't really talk to anybody close to me anymore because I wanted their lives to go on and continue. And I started isolating myself, trying to do everything myself because I didn't want to be a burden anymore. Because a lot of people um, think that if they don't see you hurt physically by their eyes, then they're going to just think you're okay. Exactly. And we're not okay. There's exactly. a lot going mm-hmm. on underneath underneath the covers, so to speak. You know, so um, it was. it's very important to me um, to let crash survivors out there know that, you know, not to give up and to stay strong and, you know, to expect very extremely overwhelming days. But they, everybody needs, survivors need to remember there's going to be a lot of good days too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think the last thing I want to talk about is like for me, after my crash, I had to drive the same direction every day. So... Uh, that's the only route I had to get to work when I was 90% through my recovery. But even just driving past where that crash happened, it scared me. It gave me chills. It made me think about what happened. I started shaking. Now, I don't know, sure. and I know you and I never really talked about this. Have, have you ever drove up past that area where it happened to you? Um. Yes, I didn't drive. Actually, after my crash, I didn't get behind the wheel of another vehicle um, for at least four months because I wasn't sure how I was going to respond because, of course, I I was suffering from the post-traumatic stress disorder, and I I really didn't know how I was going to respond. Um, But I did uh, get behind the wheel about four months after my crash, and um, thankfully, um, you know, I just drove around the block, but, I, you know, you're not sure if you're going to have extreme flashbacks. You know, you're going... You're having terrible nightmares in the evening. Does that mean, you know, if I get behind the wheel, I'm going to have another flashback? But uh, I was very grateful and thankful that that didn't happen. And um, I was, uh, you know, I wasn't 100% comfortably behind the wheel, but I certainly wasn't having flashbacks because I was really concerned that I might have that. But as far as driving by the site, I don't think I drove by the site uh, probably a a year and a half after my crash. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was actually um, a psychologist that recommended it. Wow. And I was very hesitant at first to even go there. Um, but this, he explained to me that it would be, it would put a different perspective on that day for me. That not me, it, so it doesn't mean that you would go to the crash site and have flashbacks. It, he said, you know, if you've got a few. Um, uh, pieces of the puzzle that you want to put back together, um, he recommended and he encouraged me to go visit the crash site to pull over and just take a few moments just to have a look. And um, and I did uh, about a year and a half after my crash. I, I didn't feel anything but sadness because mm-hmm. my life had completely changed. Um, there was a lot of traffic and I did get a little nervous. Um, you know, standing on the side of the road, 
Um, but I didn't really remember anything. I didn't get goosebumps like you, you got. I just, I felt a lot of grief, a lot of sadness. I was questioning mm. how it could have possibly happened. Exactly. I guess, you know, I was just standing there thinking, you know, how did this happen? You know, so, because of course I was rear-ended um, by a distracted driver and I was just, you know, I was kind of shocked to like just standing there thinking, how could this have possibly happened, you know? Well, I, I've been down that road before. My special guest today is Don McKay. Uh, talk crashed to me. Don, I want to thank you for being on the show. And we're going to probably do this again uh, next week. Like okay. I said, I think I can make this into a, a four-episode podcast event. And I think it is important. Okay. It is important that you're your information gets out there to everybody because each and every day, and you know it as much as I do, there's a crash almost every couple minutes. I yeah. think I think people are getting injured more and more. And yeah. it's just people are in their own little world doing their own thing. Don, again, yeah. I want to thank you for being with me. Thank you very much, Howard. I much I really appreciate it. Uh, no worries. All right, my special guest again today was uh, Don McKay. Talk crashed to me. Remember, I don't want to die today, do you? Remember, don't let anyone take the sands of time within your own hourglass. Until the next show, be safe.